G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm really excited to be bringing you my quarterly Perth property market update. I've got so many things to tell you about, and I'm going to give you my insights as to what's ahead, and I've got a few new areas to touch on today too, so let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. G'day and welcome to my Perth Property Market Update, where I cover off what's ahead because so many things have changed. I've got a lot to tell you about. So let's jump straight in, shall we? The Perth sale market has had a lot of changes lately and I'm going to take you through them. So we have had our number number for sale tick up a bit in the last few months. So we've got quite a few extra properties coming on and it's jumped us out of our downward trend in the number of properties for sale. We're currently sitting at 9,054 and we had a low of 8,300 odd a couple of months ago. So we've had a gradual increase in the total number for sale. As the prices have come back, I predicted this uh, would happen some Months ago, I think it was in March or December, I I said that as prices start to come back, we'll see this supply starting to to increase. And the reason that it's increasing is that the demand has not increased again yet to take off the extra properties that are coming up for sale. So we've seen a few coming back and our market lightly soften over the last two months. Now, it's nothing much yet to be concerned about. Um, Demand is still keeping up and keeping strong. When we look at the number of properties selling every week, we can see that it is still in an upward trend. We've had a slight decrease in the last month or two, but it's thereabouts at 950 to 1,000 sales a week. So that's very positive to see the sales are still strong and continuing. It's just that we've got some extra supply and extra properties to choose from as the prices get back and a seller and many of my sellers are saying, yep, it works for me now. Let's go to market. And we still have to be mindful of being priced accordingly. Things have come up and have improved, but if you overshoot the market, you're not finding uh, offers in your first and second week and then usually having to adjust to find things. And the moment you find the, the market, then you get multiple offers to push the price back up again. So hopefully we're getting that right uh, each week for my sellers. And uh, we had a big weekend over the long weekend just then, which was fabulous. We sold uh, three properties above market and uh, above the top end of our range rather and had a good weekend all round. So when we look at the change over the last six months, it's up 2% on December sales and up 13% on a year ago for the number of sales happening per week. Now, the inventory is a new one that I introduced three months ago, and it basically shows how much stock we've got in the cupboard. So at the current rate of properties being bought, how much supply is there out there? And you can see that we've had a downward overall trend and a slight uptick. So we're now sitting at 2.38 months 
of inventory. We did hit a low of uh, two months of inventory, so not a massive change yet, and we're still way down on the the inventory compared to where we were at our peak at 9.4 months. So property prices will continue to increase based on this, and it's just going to happen at a slightly more reduced rate. Now we're not going to – a lot of areas have gotten back to where they where they were for price or close to where they were for price. Some suburbs, especially the western suburbs and coastal suburbs, have gone ahead in price and we're going to see some still some increases ahead, that's for certain. So Perth house median price has – it's a lagging indicator. So the other indicators I talked through just then are all more front-end leading indicators the sale price is a lagging one. So you can see if you're uh, tuning into the video that we've continued to increase quarter on quarter from our 475 median price in June last year to now at 500k median price. So around about a 10% increase in the median price over that time, over the last nine months, or over the last year rather. Sorry, where did that last three months go? <laughs> so uh, you'll also see when we go, or I'll certainly describe it to you, when we go to the uh, unit sales median price, we actually hit our low in the September quarter of last year and uh, that's when I, I called that we'd hit the bottom in December. So the only way to know is when we see it come back up and it's continued to increase in March and the most notable thing with the units is that we've seen a big uptick in the volume of units over the last two months. So we've got a massive number of units now being sold month on month compared to nearly double what, what we were selling in June last year. So that's really good to see that market coming back and uh, will give some relief to the people that had lost out on their values uh, being in that market. And then when we look at the land, the sales volume is way down in the number of blocks being sold per week. The median price is slightly upticked, just showing that it's not all the first home buyers that are driving that market now. But look, land's going to be very flat for a while. Now, when we look at the average time on market, the median days, uh, selling days on market, we've hit new all-time low in the average days across Perth at just 16 days. So that's amazing. Uh, when I came to you in the March quarter, we were still at 23 days. Now it's 16, so it's super quick to sell properties, uh, and that's the average across the board. So some are still selling first week, some are still selling third or fourth week, and super quick to sell. So on the rental market side, the number for rent has had a minor uptick. So we've had a 3% increase since December last year. We're still in an overall downward trend, but the, the number for rent has, has more started to flatten. So we're, we're bottoming out in uh, and not likely to see further decreases in the number for rent. And when we look at the vacancy rate, that's also shown up with a marginal increase in the vacancy rate from 0.8% to 0.9%. So still so low compared to the 7.6% we hit, hit at our peak of uh, back in October 2017. 
Now, at this sort of vacancy rate, we will see pressure continue to increase rental prices for some time. Anything under 3%, generally, we would see increases in rental price. So we've got some likely to have some good increases ahead still for the investors. Unfortunately, not uh, for tenants. Now, with median uh, house rent, our portfolio is now sitting at $382, up $20 over the last uh, three months. But the Perth median has jumped up to $450. Wow. So we hit $350 as our low, and we're now $100 up on that. And we're very getting very close to our previous peak of 480 So just $30 away. And I think we will get to there before the year's out. So 22% increase since same time last year, and a 10% increase over the last six months. Now on the property clock, there's nothing drastically that's changed across Australia. We've just had some of our Regional areas move around to a rising market. So Albany, Kalgoorlie and Geraldton have all moved around into a rising market now. Perth remains in a rising market, as does our southwest WA, as do pretty much all the capitals all in there, except for Canberra has hit its peak. When we look at the property clock for units, we've got Perth and southwest WA around in start of recovery still. Hasn't really got the pressure around uh, things to start increasing the price, but we did see those sales volumes up earlier in what I discussed. So the next step is once the sales volumes up, the supply starts to decrease. And when it gets to that critical point of more demand than supply, then we'll start seeing the unit prices increase more rapidly. So, and we have seen the median price for units start to uptick positively. So more to come on the unit side ahead. Now, of course, in some areas like your River Vales, your West Perths, East Perths and Perth, it's going to take a fair bit longer to soak up the supply because every day I chat to people in those areas that do want to sell but the price is still too far away for them and some owners are starting to and not waiting to get all their money back. But there's a lot of people that would sell if they could sell still in those unit apartment areas. So it's going to take some time. Now, factors affecting our market, let me take you through these. We've got the availability of finance. And when we look, we've had rates now held steady since November. So no surprises there. And you should ideally be paying under 3% loan interest or you can fix for under 2% at the moment. So again, that comes down to your own situation and whether you're going to want to revalue your loans or whether you're looking to sell so you wouldn't want to fix unless uh, you've got no real plans for either of those. Now, the changes for responsible lending that was supposed to be coming through in March have been held up in the Senate with Labor, the Greens, and I think one of the representatives in there opposing it. So we'll have to wait and see whether that gets through. There are some other interesting ideas being thrown around for how lending could be approached differently if you're a wholesale or sophisticated borrower. So that was from uh, my financial advisor, Stuart Weymouth, did a really good uh, podcast this week on 
and that on some ideas around how that could be approached. So if you earned over the over the thresholds and had a significant asset base, then you you might be able to qualify for lending easier. Those ideas I think have a lot of merit and it'll be interesting to see whether it changes to something like that to pass through the Senate or whether it um, doesn't get there. So low rates are still forecasted for the next three to five years and uh, that's really great uh, for anyone buying a property with rents still coming up in Perth. You can get some buffer aside and I guess plan ahead for some potential increases in the future. Now, this is a new stats that I've looked into for this market update and it's really enlightening. So I've got the uh, homeowner lending by state and you can see on the video uh, on YouTube, you'll be able to see graphs showing how many owner occupiers, what percentage of lending is occurring in WA. Now you can see that the owner occupier lending has taken a dip in the April, these stats are to April. So it's taken a bit of a dip and so the market is cooling a bit for owner-occupiers in WA. Interestingly, because in every other state, the markets are still increasing for lending to owner-occupiers. So I guess watch this space in the coming quarters to see if this continues to dip or whether it uh, more flatlines. But when we look at the investor lending, we've been gradually tipping, increasing up. And But the real notable thing is when we look at the owner-occupier lending, we're well above the lending rates that we've basically ever had in any other boom. We're probably 30% above. So that was not likely to continue anyway. It was pretty unsustainable. And we're still above the peaks, even with our decrease. So if that flatlines or even decreases a bit more, look, that's probably to be expected. When we look at the investor lending, boy, oh boy, we're so low in terms of investor lending compared to each of our different other peaks in the market. We've got probably two to three times the level of investor lending to still come if we're going to be on par with the previous up cycles. So investors are going to be really late to the party here in WA and you can see that some of the other states have had much bigger increases in their investor lending already. Queensland has had a huge amount of investor lending as has Victoria, but uh, Sydney hasn't, most of the money must be chasing more affordability in Queensland at the moment and we've only seen a moderate uptick in investor lending. So lots more to come, I think. More on that later. Now, the first home buyer lending by state in virtually every state, the first home buyer lending has decreased. And we've seen a very sharp decrease in WA of first home buyers lending, you know, not 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 as much to them anymore. And it's really just going to be those that are getting out of renting and buying an established property as opposed to all the lending that has been done for the building of new. So policy changes and impacts. Well, I was waiting with bated breath for the budget, hoping for some excitement that might uh, impact business more directly or impact individuals more directly or our state even. But it was a pretty plain Jane budget as far as I'm concerned. On the surface, there's no major impacts 
there's a tax cut uh, that might in, impact individuals by up to $1,000 per annum. There's infrastructure spending, which is pretty much the like in each budget. It might be a bit more than normal. There's support for our most affected sectors, which is wonderful. And there's an increase in our spending on aged care, disability and mental health funding. So those are really you know, good areas to, to see some increase in funding too. But it was more of a safe budget that is uh, targeted probably at buying votes from those, uh, you know, more elderly sectors. And there's nothing really exciting in any of it. So, look, we'll continue to see how some of the infrastructure ch- changes might wash through and their in- potential impacts on our markets and suburbs. But all in all, nothing, nothing too exciting there from the budget standpoint. Now, did you see yesterday we were just named the most livable, uh, well, not the, the most livable, but the number sixth in the most livable cities in the world. So I think we were at 14 previously and we've moved up significantly and that was cited because of our uh, border controls allowing residents to live relatively normal lives. Also our affordability and a lot of other factors go into that. So number six, and you can see that Auckland was number one, where my dad's from. Adelaide, number three. Wellington uh, in New Zealand was number four. Tokyo, Japan, number five. And Perth was at number six. And we had Melbourne at nine and Brisbane at 10. So lots of our capitals featuring in the top 10. And Sydney is now outside the top 10. So sorry, Sydney. Now that, the reason I uh, mentioned the most livable cities is it's incredibly important to be listed in here and it's really going to help our prospects for immigration. And although the it's not uh, really possible yet and it's still going to be something that will come in the future, all of this is building to see a lot of immigrants coming our way and it's probably going to take some time before everything can be set up and we've, we're, we're much more vaccinated to allow it to progress. But you'd imagine in 12 to 18 months that this is going to be a significant driver of our market when it starts to happen. So tips to survive and thrive. Now, my actions to consider haven't changed too much on three months ago. Look at upgrading your home or buying an investment property in the best area you can afford. And if you can't, I really can't see anything stopping this cycle. A lot of people have been asking me, is this just a blip? No, it's not. This is a two to three year cycle. And yes, it might not be as crazy as it was over the last six months, but we're going to see investors pick up where homeowners are are dropping off. And with rents continuing to increase, I can't see how that's not going to happen. Where to buy? Well, listen to episode 13 to see just how important capital growth is and to consider booking a strategy session to get my help on selecting a suburb. Uh, The link to that will be later on. Most properties have now increased 10 to 20% from their low point. Consider selling if you wanted to or look at accessing equity for a refinance and ensure that all your rent increases are passed on. And remember that we can only increase every six months. So, you definitely uh, need to look at uh, maximising the return on your properties while you can. Because as we all know, the market moves in cycles 
at some point we'll hit our peak and start coming back. So uh, we've also been well down on the last two to three years. So now's the time to make some of these returns back. Now my crystal ball, I've made a few changes here, but it's more just massaging around the, the edges and firming a few things up. So rents, I think, will continue to increase over the next six to 12 months before some easing of the pressure when tenants move into their newly built homes. But that's still going to be a while away. And there's certainly more that want to get out of renting that are buying established at the moment. And there's going to be continued to be a lull in land and new home sales. More sellers are already bringing their properties on market now that prices are back and this is exceeding demand uh, for the shorter term, causing a little softening. Investors have now started to come back to the market, mainly seeing those from Sydney and Melbourne buying in. Still very few buying compared to the past and I expect there'll be a lot more demand to come from investors. Established homes and units in the more affordable areas now are starting to experience growth from increased investor and home buyer demand. I'm expecting 10% growth for 2021. We'll see prices continue to rise in the well-located inner and coastal areas. Those with good schools especially will expect to get 15 to 20% growth for 2021. Immigrants will be drawn back to work in Australia, but I've... I'm now thinking it's going to take a few years before this demand kicks in. So that's why I think we've got a lot of runway ahead of two to three years. All of our projects were hitting their peak in 2022 and 2023. So that's still going to drive lots of jobs ahead. And then you pile the other infrastructure spends and increasing confidence of starting more projects up. It's only going to give us more runway. So... Get in now, there's lots ahead. So I've broken the phases ahead down into four. So the current phase is tenants wanting to get out of renting, rental increases and investors mainly from over east ramping up to buy established properties, not new. Home upgraders and first home buyers are starting to soften. So the next phase I see is the local investors will have saved enough, have their equity back to add to their portfolio and it's probably when all the first-time investors will choose to get in as their friends will be telling them how well they've done it at the you know family barbecues. And then I'm thinking the phase three will be the overseas immigration opening up. Safest place on earth is Perth, and you know that's going to see another phase of demand kick in. And then phase four will be a bit of a softening as tenants move into their new built homes and that's probably going to be 18 to 24 months before we get into that phase. And that maybe that any softening there will likely be picked up well and truly by the immigration side because immigrants will rent first before buying. So four phases ahead, see how they come to pass and whether they occur in that exact order, depend whether how long it takes to open up the borders and how long all the new builds take to get constructed. So for some further help, consider getting a complimentary sale appraisal from investorsedge.com.au slash appraisal. Make sure you join my property investor update. You get uh, weekly notifications of podcasts as well as other events and meetups and things in between. And you can also get uh, six monthly 
suburb data reports on any of your chosen suburbs, that's really helpful as well for people to keep a passive idea of how things are tracking for your properties. Also, one-on-one strategy session with me, initial chat is free, and then we've got a number of support options, including my our um, buyer pack, which is for homeowners and investors to help with choosing suburbs, as well as giving them um, a offer and acceptance document, examples, example clauses, an inspection checklist. And then I've got a number of other things, such as a property review when you're looking to seriously make an offer on a property and also introduced a one-on-one mentoring for those that really want to take their investing to the next level. So check those out, submit for a chat with me, investorsedge.com.au slash strategy. Thanks for joining me and I look forward to giving you another market update in three months time. Make sure you check out our next episode of Perth Property Insider coming out next week. Bye. 